Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon. Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, particularly older adults, and learn how you can connect with AARP to make our state more livable for all. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. Today, we are joined by Liz Buser, Senior Advisor on AARP's Fraud Prevention Programs Team, where she works to empower consumers to spot scams and fraud. Liz, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Theon. Okay, Liz, we're going to get right into it. What is the AARP Fraud Watch Network? Well, the AARP Fraud Watch Network, it's a free resource for everybody, and we do consumer education at the local, state, and national levels. And we also have resources on our website, which is aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. And what we do is we help consumers to proactively spot scams and to feel more secure in knowing that we advocate to protect them. And so the Fraud Watch Network is broken into two teams. We have fraud prevention programs, and that's the side I sit on, and that's where we empower consumers to spot and avoid these scams and fraud. And we also have the fraud victim support team, and they're the ones that run the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline. And that phone number is 877-908-3360. And you can call the helpline, which is another free resource. You can call there to report a scam to get help figuring out if something is or isn't legitimate. And you can get help if you or a loved one has experienced a fraud encounter. This is great. So you've given us a lot of juicy information to start with. So perfect timing because the holidays are approaching. And during the holidays, it seems to bring out the scammers like no other time of the year. According to AARP, more than three quarters of U.S. consumers have experienced or been targeted by at least one form of fraud that can be tied to the holidays. We published an episode at the end of last year on this exact topic, but we wanted to revisit frauds and scams because we know how scammers just up their game. They continue to bring in different methods, and they just change. The things that they're doing change. So what are some of the common frauds and scams that our listeners should look out for during this holiday season? Well, Theon, we all know that the festive season does mean that we have fun with our friends and family, and we do goodwill and giving. Of course, we want to help others. But unfortunately, it really is a prime time for criminals, for these scammers to cook up horrible schemes. So most of the scams that we see out there are variations on everyday fraud, but they're really ramped up to match seasonal spikes in spending and web traffic. Not surprisingly, these scams often center on shopping, especially online. But in addition to online shopping scams, we also see drained gift card scams, charity scams, delivery scams, and travel scams. We should watch out for all of those. And of course, in addition to that, there's all the other scams that target us year round. So everything from online romance scams to business and government imposter scams to grandparent scams and more. One tip we always like to suggest, whether it is 
any of these or other scams that are out there is that there's kind of three elements that when they come together, account for a large percentage of all scam attempts. And that includes holiday scams. So you'll get an unexpected communication that yields a heightened emotional response, and it involves an urgency to act immediately. So we all need to work together to figure out a way that we can all remember that when these three elements come together, we should immediately disengage because it's a scam. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I've had experiences and friends with experiences with all of these types of scams that we're talking about. So let's just dive into some of them in particular so that people can start to spot what a scam might look like. It's so sad to have to do this because there are genuine people and genuine online activity that's actually happening as well. But if we look at some of these scams, what are some of the common online shopping scams and what should consumers be aware of if they're looking just online? Because I have some shopping to do online today. So... Absolutely. I am with you there. So first of all, when shopping online, take a look and keep an eye out for offers that seem too good to be true. For example, messages or websites or ads that are promoting unrealistic discounts and bargains, especially about those hot or hard to find items like event tickets or gaming systems. And so what it'll do is they'll urge you to click on a link. Please, please, please do not click on the link. Instead, go to a web browser and type in the address for the company that is supposedly offering the deal. And on that note, I want to say you should only make purchases from sites that you know and trust. And please make sure that you're going to legitimate websites and you can navigate to them again, carefully typing in the web address directly into your web browser, not by clicking on these links. And if you search for a website on Google or Bing or, you know, another type of search engine, it is good to know that the links that are listed at the top of the page are actually ads. They will say sponsored, but, you know, sometimes that's easy to miss. And what the scammers can do actually is they can easily purchase these ads in the hopes that we will click on what we think is a legitimate search result. Here's another tip. When you are ready to make your purchase, pay attention to the requested payment method. And if you can, pay by credit card so that you can dispute charges and limit the damage if a transaction turns out to be fraudulent. Bottom line too, be wary of anything that prompts you to make a purchase by a gift card, wire transfer, cryptocurrency, or a peer-to-peer payment app. Oh, it's so important to pay attention to some of those things you mentioned in particular. The sponsored ads at the top, just it's in fine print. So some of us have to make sure we have our glasses on, but it says sponsored ad. And I didn't even think about the idea that a scammer could actually purchase a sponsor ad to get you to click into it. The other thing is all these emails that start flooding your e-boxes, your email box, and it'll say that it's in a regular Amazon or a regular Best Buy or whatever the story is, but that's not what it actually is. So actually looking at the email address to see where it's from. And I love what you said in terms of just type in that place where you normally would shop, type it in the browser yourself and go and try to find that deal. Those are great pointers for our listeners. So thank you for that. So many people have been frauded because of just clicking that wrong box. Let's get to another type of scam that I just recently learned about and couldn't believe it. What are some of the gift card scams and how can consumers protect themselves from these? 
Absolutely. Well, I want to talk about two different types. Unfortunately, scammers do threaten gift cards too. And more than 73 million U.S. adults have experienced a form of gift card fraud. And that includes requesting payments via gift card. The scammers love gift cards. Why? Because they are readily available. They are virtually untraceable and they are easily converted to cash or Bitcoin. And it gives them the ability to move large amounts of money in small parcels. So please know if you are directed to purchase gift cards, it is a scam. And if you do purchase gift cards, contact the issuing company right away, keep the card and receipt, tell the store where you purchased it and report it to the Federal Trade Commission. Their website is reportfraud.ftc.gov. And you can also call our fraud helpline at 877-908-3360. So that's the first type, gift cards as a form of payment scams. The second type that I wanted to mention, Theon, is zero balance gift cards. Criminals do tamper with gift cards right on the card racks in the stores. I mean, how many times have we gone to the store to purchase gift cards, right? Scammers can also do it through electronic means. And as soon as the compromised card is loaded at the sale, the criminal can drain it right away. And unfortunately, usually the amount cannot be refunded or credited. So how can you stay safe? First of all, look for tampering on cards, specifically where it's scratched off to reveal the number. Second, when you do receive a card, check the balance. Don't wait too long to use it and register it as well if that's an option. And if you do encounter a zero balance gift card, contact the issuing company. Also reach out to the store where you purchased it. And of course, report it to the Federal Trade Commission and our helpline. Thank you so much for that. I just recently learned about that particular scam and was shocked. I was purchasing a lot of gift cards for foster youth. And in the process of purchasing them, the manager of the store came to ask me why I needed so many gift cards. And of course, I explained it to him and he says, well, let me check all these gift cards because we have some challenges with gift cards and found several of the cards. Half of the cards I had had been tampered with. And he showed me the tamper point and said, so someone's put a different code on here. As soon as we load this up with money, they'll be able to pull the money off and you're going to have a blank gift card. I was just shocked. I didn't know what to say about it. But he did recommend if I wanted to get gift cards, I could actually buy them online directly from their store. So that would stop the tampering. And the other thing that they were doing, which I think, again, it really saddens me, especially in different communities, they're locking up all the gift cards. So now you can't just go in a store and pick things up. There's so many things that are just getting locked up because of the tampering and the things that are going on. So thank you for sharing that and helping us be aware of that gift card scam. So folks travel a lot during the holidays. I plan on traveling myself. What are some of the travel scams that we should be aware of? And are there any precautions we can take in looking at travel? Absolutely. And I think I just read that a record number of people are going to be traveling this holiday season. So it's good to know what to keep in mind as you're looking for your airfare or hotel or whatnot. So as you are researching and booking all of your travel logistics, look out for flight and rental booking scams that can be done through fake ads and websites. You know, some of these ads and links may even be impersonation of federal agencies, including the TSA. You know, the fake websites that are out there are trying to steal your data and or your money. 
And unfortunately, it may also leave you with no car tickets or lodging as well. So there's a couple tips I want to share on how you can avoid these scams. So first of all, you can go directly to the hotel or rental car company's website, type the web address in your browser, again, clicking on links, even those that are found using a search engine can risk taking you to a fraudulent page. Now, if you're booking using common apps like Airbnb and VRBO, follow that app's guidance on payment through the device. Anyone who asks you to pay outside of the normal system is likely a scammer. And it's also important, I just want to add this into, to protect your personal data while you're traveling. So before you leave on your trip, make copies of important documents like your driver's license, your passport if you're using that, as well as your credit card and so on and so forth. So if they're stolen, you have a record and you can get them replaced quickly. And do keep these copies separate from those original items. The second thing I wanted to share is don't use public Wi-Fi to access your bank account or other personal accounts like medical accounts unless you've installed a virtual private network or VPN on your device. And last, it's important to keep this in mind and all these tips in mind year round. Be aware of your surroundings, especially in crowded places, and don't enter your password into accounts where someone can easily see it. Okay, that's a lot to remember, but it is a lot to remember. (laughs) We have to be vigilant these days, and I'm so happy that you're sharing these things. Now, one of my favorite times of the year, of course, is this time of the year. And a lot of it is because of the generosity that people begin to have during this time. And they support charities. They support nonprofits. So tell us a little bit about charity scams. During the holidays and into the new year, there's an increase in charities, nonprofit organizations asking for donations. How can consumers ensure that the organizations that they're donating to are actually legitimate. Absolutely. And these are important tips to keep in mind year round. And so scammers, unfortunately, also impersonate charities or even celebrities on behalf of charities. And so I had mentioned three red flags earlier. I want to repeat those because it's especially important when we talk about charity scams. So unexpected communication, an appeal to strong emotions and a pressure to give. So in this case, unexpected communication, maybe it'll start with an unsolicited email or a text message or a direct message on social media. I do want to stress some scammers succeed by mimicking real charities. They might even go so far as to create official looking emails and letters, as well as websites with names that are similar to real charities. And others, as I said, may impersonate a celebrity or maybe an account that you follow on social media. So however the scammer reaches out to you, they're going to say that they represent charities for causes that are near and dear to your heart. So maybe it's veterans issues, relief for recent natural disasters, or support for families or animals in need. Once the charity scammer has your attention, they are going to pressure you to give. They're going to say there's an urgent need for donations, and they may even try to get you to provide sensitive information like your bank account or social security number. Scammers, as I said, want you to send the money then through unconventional means like a gift card, a wire transfer, cryptocurrency, a peer-to-peer payment app, or sometimes even cash. And they also use the same crowdfunding functions on social media and other websites 
that real nonprofit organizations use. So keep this in mind as you are planning to give. A real nonprofit organization is never going to tell you to pay via gift card, and they'll also provide you with a receipt for your tax-deductible donation. If they can't provide you with an explanation for how your donation will be used or a receipt for your donation, it's likely a scam. And you can also do your research. It is so important to do your research. So you can check the organization's nonprofit status and make sure that they are legitimate and have a good rating at charitynavigator.org is a great resource. Charitywatch.org. The Better Business Bureau also has their Wise Giving Alliance, and that website is give.org. And then one last thing to keep in mind, most charities have a .org website. So if you're told to go to a .com website that supposedly has a legitimate charity's name, it's likely an imposter site. Those are great pointers. People and unexpected communication coming to you appeal to the emotions, and then pressure to give. Charities don't normally pressure you to give because they're out giving themselves. So I'm so happy that you mentioned also that most of the charities will have a .org behind their name. And additionally, if an email comes your way, because I've actually seen a scam of a charity with that, if that email comes and it says at Gmail or at Hotmail or one of those other ones, It's likely not the charity. You want to look for emails that come directly from the source, from those sources. And like you said, with the other online scams, go directly to the charity that you'd like to support. Go directly to them and click their donate button versus just clicking anything that comes your way. Theon, if I could just add, we have some great tip sheets on the Fraud Watch Network website, which again is aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. Take a look at the phishing tip sheet, for example. You've been mentioning how there's certain signs we can look out for in emails to kind of get a feel for whether it is or isn't legitimate. So I encourage folks to check those tips out. Absolutely. Check the tips out at AARP forward slash. AARP.org forward slash Fraud Watch Network. Perfect. Fraud Watch Network. Okay. So, It's the holiday season. We're going to be happy and we're going to hope these numbers go down with scammers, that they start to go away. But there's new things that are coming up as well. I want to talk a little bit now about artificial intelligence, also known as AI. AI scams have come up in conversations in our last few episodes. What are some of the AI scams that your team is seeing And how can consumers protect themselves from scammers who are leveraging this technology? Absolutely. And scammers, they follow the news. They use the latest technology that are out there. And AI, unfortunately, is no exception. So AI technology, including voice mimicking software, deep fake videos, and chatbots like ChatGPT, they can all be used by bad actors, unfortunately. And what it does is it gives scammers the ability to impersonate anybody. It could be your grandchild, a police officer, or even your spouse. And this is just the tip of the iceberg as we learn more about AI's capabilities. There are ways that you can protect yourself. And there's some great articles that were posted on the Fraud Watch Network website recently. So I encourage folks to go there. But AI is fueling more sophisticated scams. So to protect yourself, first of all, don't trust your caller ID. You know, scammers can spoof telephone numbers. Another tip is to never click on a link in an email 
or a text before confirming that it's from a legitimate source. And of course, guard your personal information. And so we should all keep this in mind regarding AI and all sorts of other types of scams. And we do have an article on our website that touches on how the White House has recently gotten involved in the AI discussion. They recently issued an executive order on the safe, secure, and trustworthy artificial intelligence, which sets standards to protect Americans from a range of potential threats that are related to AI. And so what this order does is it includes requirements for more oversight and openness from tech companies, the development of systems to protect private data, and it concentrates efforts on preventing the spread of misinformation. So I encourage folks to check that out. And there's some other great tips and examples, scary examples of how scammers are utilizing AI to target us all. Yeah, it can be very scary. I recently had a peer whose parents believed he had been arrested, got a phone call, they believed from him, and believed he had gotten arrested. And they ended up handing over $10,000 for bail to get him out. He comes home and they're like, oh my God, what happened? How'd you get arrested? And he's like, what are you talking about? I've been at work all day. And so they actually came up with, and I think we talked about this on another episode, they came up with a safe word or a secret password so that you would know if that's the person that you're actually talking with. And so those are some of the tips that were shared as well with artificial intelligence. Absolutely. And you could also just hang up the phone. And if somebody is calling, you know, claiming to be your grandchild, for example, saying they need bail money or they've been arrested or they've gotten involved in an accident, hang up the phone, call your grandchild's phone number directly or call their parent. Or if it's someone claiming to be, you know, law enforcement or whatnot, hang up the phone and call the phone number that you know to be legitimate. Taking that extra step and disengaging from the scammer really does make a difference. It goes back to your three ways that scammers attack. The unexpected communication, so that was that would absolutely be unexpected, an appeal to the emotions, oh my God, it's my grandchild, and then the pressure to get them out. That's the pressure. Oh, you got to save your grandchild. So those three things are really good tips for our listeners to pay attention to if those are happening. This is great. This is really, really interesting information. So we could talk all day, but I know you've shared with us right in the, in the front of this episode, you shared with us what victims can do. But I want to go back over some of those things. So if someone has been a victim of fraud or a scam, what should they do? And are there ways that they can recuperate their losses, whether it's personal identity or financial? Just what steps can they take? Absolutely. So it can be overwhelming. And we know that. So if you're unsure of what steps to take, or you're feeling overwhelmed, of course, the first place that you can contact is the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline. And again, that phone number is 877-908-3360. The helpline can help you determine next steps to take and provide you with one-on-one support. And last year, the helpline assisted nearly 100,000 callers, and the average call time was about 20 minutes. You know, there's other resources you'll want to reach out to, too. So you'll definitely want to contact your local law enforcement. Fraud is a crime. If you're told it's not a crime or they can't do anything about it, insist anyway, because you'll want a record of the crime if down the road there's an opportunity for restitution. And honestly, the more people that report, the more law enforcement will continue to understand that we are facing a fraud epidemic. 
And reporting helps others as well. And speaking of that, you will want to report the fraud to the Federal Trade Commission. Their website is reportfraud.ftc.gov. And if your identity has been stolen, if you've been a victim of identity theft, identitytheft.gov is a great resource. They can walk you through a step-by-step guide on what steps you should take to reclaim that information. If you've fallen victim to an online scam, you will also want to report it to the FBI's Internet Crime Complaint Center, and their website is ic3.gov. And of course, you can reach out to uh, your state, in this case, California's Attorney General's office as well. I know this all seems overwhelming. So again, there is help to support you. Give the helpline a call at first. And you know they can even email you the different steps that you can take. So you can always go to aarp.org, Fraud Watch Network. Yes, aarp.org slash Fraud Watch Network. And give us the phone number one more time. Sure. It's 877-908-3360. And then you had mentioned, will folks get their money back? Well, what the criminals love is payment methods that are virtually untraceable. So that's why they want gift cards, cryptocurrency, and other payment methods. So it's unlikely that you will be able to get your money back. However, I want to stress, the sooner you report the scam to law enforcement, IC3 if it's an online scam, your financial institution and others, the sooner the better. Perfect. So we need to report early and pay attention to some of these scams. Now, what if someone's been targeted and they actually figured it out in the middle of it? They're sort of like, wait a minute, this is a scam. What should they do? Should they still report it if they caught the person in the act of what was happening? Absolutely. So even if you haven't fallen victim to the scam, but you spot it, please, please report it. It can help others, including your fellow consumers. It can help law enforcement with their investigations. And it can help other groups who are out there trying to empower consumers to spot these scams and fraud and who are trying to stop the scammers and raise awareness. We even have a scam tracking map on our website, aarp.org slash fraudwatchnetwork. And you can report if you spotted a scam there. So there's a ton of resources out there. And and please, please, please do report it whether or not you've fallen victim. Well, I'm happy to hear that there's so many resources to report to. I have had a lot of the email phishing scams come my way, and I've had some from banks come, and I've actually sent the, I've screenshotted it, forward the email to the bank, letting them know somebody's fraudulently imitating you, and maybe you should get in on helping us to find them so that your customers don't fall prey to this, because I could have easily clicked something, put in my information, you know, it'll say something like your account is about to close if you don't click here right now. And I don't even have an account with this bank. What are you talking about? So immediately I would forward it to their helpline. So these are great resources. We can always contact the helpline at 877-908-3360. And of course, aarp.org forward slash fraud watch network. Oh, so much good information. Oh, it's so difficult to stop. (laughs) Do you have any stories of how the Fraud Watch Network has helped victims of fraud? It might be helpful for our listeners to actually hear how they can be helped if they find themselves in a similar situation. Absolutely. There are so many examples of how the Fraud Watch Network, which includes our helpline, 
our support group, which I can mention in a second. And of course, the incredible work that's being done by AARP state offices like AARP California. We help folks every day. So the first thing I wanted to mention is we do offer a free confidential peer support group where victims of scams and or their loved ones can talk about the emotional impact of fraud victimization. And these are confidential, empowering, and supportive sessions that help lower your stress rate and provide attendees with a safe space to talk about the emotional impact of their fraud victimization. These sessions are incredible because they help victims realize that they are not alone and that this is not their fault. So I encourage you to go to aarp.org slash fraud support to learn more about our support group and to sign up to attend a session. I'm one of uh, the facilitators for that, along with some of our trained staff and volunteers. And it is, it's incredible to witness the bravery of everybody that's out there. I love that you have a support group for people because so many times I know with the peer I shared about his mother was so upset. She felt so duped and just felt like, how could I have fallen for this? And she just felt so defeated. And that was savings. That was some life savings that they had. They didn't have that type of money to just lose. And so she just felt so defeated and everything. I would have loved to have had her have a support group. So I'm definitely going to share this information with her son so that he can share that with her. Because even now she just just feels defeated, like she shouldn't answer the phone anymore. And then her decision making is not on point. And so very good to have a support group. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. It's, it's incredible to witness the transformation and the bravery of those participants. And if I could just mention, I have a couple of other examples too, that I was hoping to share. Another example is just last week, one of our helpline colleagues spent an hour on the phone with a parent who had reached out because their adult child is currently being victimized in an online romance scam. And so together, our helpline colleague and the parent brainstorm ways that the parent could begin the conversation with their child. So the helpline is a great resource for that. Recently, we also heard from someone who attended an AARP state office event where they learned about how to spot the signs of scams and what to do if you've fallen victim. And they learned about gift card scams, which we talked about earlier. And not long after that attendee was actually targeted by a scammer, the attendee recognized the signs of a gift card payment scam. They hung up the phone, they reported the scam attempt to the helpline and the Federal Trade Commission, and they didn't fall victim. So that's a great story to hear. And then one other one, if I could mention too, is there's a woman named Kate. She called the helpline a couple years ago to report that she had fallen victim to a scam. And the volunteer on the phone was the first person who told her that what she was experiencing was not her fault and that it was the criminal's fault and that she should not be blaming herself for what she was going through. And so long story short, after that conversation, Kate decided that she wanted to help other fraud victims. So now she speaks at events throughout the country on behalf of AARP about her experience. She's also a volunteer with one of our state offices. 
She's been on our podcast called The Perfect Scam, and she's even testified before Congress about her fraud experience. And so that's just a sample of how we're helping folks. Oh, those are great stories. And hopefully our listeners who may have experienced some of these frauds or scams or may just see them and now they actually can recognize them better. Hopefully this will help our listeners. This has been such an enlightening and informative conversation. AARP has these great fraud prevention resources. I'd like for you to just remind us one more time how, where we can find these resources. Absolutely. Our website is the first place you can go to. That is aarp.org forward slash fraud watch network. And on that page, you can access our plethora of free resources. We have links to our perfect scam podcast. We have a scam tracking map. We have more than 80 tip sheets that talk about the latest scams. You can sign up for our biweekly watchdog alerts. There are videos and articles and tips on how you and your loved ones can stay safe from scams and fraud, as well as where you can report these scams. There's also links there to the Fraud Watch Network helpline, to our peer support group that I mentioned, and more. And I also wanted to highlight, too, that we do have a website in Spanish as well. It's aarp.org slash fraude. And there you'll find a link where you can sign up for watchdog alerts in Spanish as well. And those are available through text or email. And you'll also find the links to our articles and other information in Spanish. Liz, if you could leave our listeners with one soundbite regarding frauds and scams, what would it be? Well, if you do fall victim, please, please report it to law enforcement, to the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline, to the Federal Trade Commission and others. And please know that you are not alone and that what you are experiencing is not your fault. And I want to stress, too, that fraud victims should be treated with empathy and respect because they are financial crime victims. It is not their fault. And if I could, Triana, I just want to add two more things. First of all, remember, as we talked about, if you receive an unexpected communication that yields a heightened emotional response and it involves urgency to act immediately, especially by sending money via gift card, wire transfer, cryptocurrency, or peer-to-peer payment app, it is a scam. And research has shown that if you can spot a scam, you can stop a scam. And we know this to be true. If you know about a specific scam, you are 80% less likely to engage with the scammer. And if you do engage, you are 40% less likely to fall victim. Liz, thank you for joining us on In Clear Terms with AARP California. Again, We've had the pleasure of speaking with Liz Buser, Senior Advisor on AARP's Fraud Prevention Programs on holiday frauds and scams, how to spot them, avoid them, and report them. In future episodes, we look forward to hosting experts who can shed light on critical issues in our state, how AARP is working to ensure the voice of those 50 plus is heard, and how you, our listeners, can learn more and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening.